Welcome to Life Church of Mobile's audio podcast. We hope that this teaching will challenge you in any season of life you may be in. Thanks for joining us and enjoy. We're going to uh, have a little bit of a different format today. If you got an email from me, how many of you got an email from me about today's service? I mean, that's a few of you. Uh, if you have not, if you did not receive that email, if you didn't check yours, let me tell you what it said. It said we're going to have, we're going to come back and worship again in a few minutes, and uh, we're going to also have, I believe, a spirit burst, spirit led impartation in the house today. As some of you are prayed over individually, I felt like there are people in the house that God said they need individual attention and prayer. Not just corporately, but individually. And so that's, that's kind of where we're going to begin to move in these next few moments after I share a few moments of the word with you today as well. But uh, I just felt a stirring in my heart. And in fact, as we were worshiping today, as I, as I, I begin my teaching, I want to formally and publicly announce what I believe the Spirit of God said to me as I worshiped today, and that is this. I believe the Spirit of God is saying to me to make a declaration over this house and to declare to you and myself and all of us that are involved that between now and the end of the year, we will have an emphasis on praise and worship Corporately and individually, and every time we come together, we're going to have an expectation of a move of the Spirit of God that is birthed out of praise and worship and being in His presence. I declare between now and the end of the year, every service will be marked by that with an even greater emphasis than we've had before. And so I'm just letting myself, I'm just laying myself out there and I'm telling you, I feel like this is what God's spirit is saying to us. And we're going to allow him to lead and guide and direct the details of it, how he wants it done. This is his church. It's not mine. This is his church, not mine. He simply entrusts me to, to try to do, to do the best that I can to speak over our hearts and lives and to be sensitive to his voice. And that's what I want more than anything else. And so over these next weeks, I'm just launching us into a, a, a place of, of where I believe God is going to, to do some things that uh, are going to be just amazing and remarkable, incredible, run out of adjectives. I will give you all my worship. I will give you all my praise. You alone I long to worship. You alone are worthy of my... Let's stand. I will give you all my worship. I will give you all my praise. You alone I long to worship. You alone are worthy of... Let's 
lift our hands and sing. I will give you all my word. I will give you all my praise. You alone I long to worship. You alone are worthy of my praise. Father, we stand in your presence now. And as a corporate body of believers, we say to you, yes, Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes. Yes. And we, if you will join with me, church, today by saying, I commit myself personally and now, corporately and personally between now and the end of the year to be more sensitive to the voice of God, more sensitive to the Spirit of God, and to come every Sunday and every time we meet with an expectation of a release of the presence of God as I come expecting Him to move as I praise and worship Him. I will not come with an expectation anymore of going through the motions. And I commit myself to that between now and the end of 2018 on another level. If you will lift your hands and say yes, Lord. Father, we say yes to you. And we commit ourselves publicly and privately as a body of believers to come into a new place of experiencing you and what you have for us in this time, in this hour, and in this season. Thank you for the mighty wind of the Holy Spirit moving that we've already sung about this morning. Oh, come and shake these walls with a rushing, mighty wind. Shake the walls of our lives with a rushing, mighty wind wind, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We believe and we receive by faith your instruction in Jesus' name. And everybody said, turn to your neighbor right now and say, let's do it. You know, when we talk about the presence of God, it is not merely just, you know, some force or an influence and that we seek. Listen, the presence of God, especially the presence of God that we encounter when we worship and when we praise, it's personal, it's real, it's life-changing. It's the presence of a God who abides in us and dwells among us. He not only abides in us, but He also dwells among us. What does the New Testament say? Where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am what? So tell your neighbor right now, he's not just in us, he's among us. And let me say this, this is so important. The presence of God is not an option, it's a necessity. And as a church, we must have a passion to lead people into the presence of God. We must have a passion for His presence and believe that it's important that we experience it, both in our personal lives and corporately as we gather, and that we carry His presence, listen, into our homes, into our neighborhoods, into our businesses, and into our jobs. The reward of worship 
is God's enthroned presence. But you know, here's what I've noticed in my own life, and I know most people, you'll encounter it. Spirit-filled believers, life has a way and attacks, negative seasons have a way of trying to, listen, trap us under a cloud of gloom and doom. What was that, that old, the, the Charlie Brown character? The one that walked around and there was like a dust cloud. Of, of, what was this? I don't even remember which one it was. Linus. Pig pen, okay. One of them. It's been a while since they've been around. But you know, if, if you don't, if you aren't careful, if you aren't, if you aren't mindful, you will suddenly drift into a place to where it's like there's a dark cloud of gloom and doom that's over you all the time. It's easy to drift. Listen, and it's easy to drift into a mindset of defeat to where we don't expect, we don't believe. And it's, here's the thing, church. It's subtle and it can be slow, but it's deadly. I didn't say it was bad. I said it's deadly. It is destructive. There is a war. And here's what I'm saying. There is a war going on on a daily basis for the airtime of our mind and our heart. Constantly. The enemy hates the idea of you and I living in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. He hates that. And he hates the thought of the fact that we might come into a place to where we are not continually living under the spirit of fear. Now, did you know that the Bible says God has not given us the spirit of fear? But you know what? Here's where we missed it. And I, I, we were, Susan and I were listening and doing some studying this week. And, and the rest of that verse says God's not given us the spirit of fear, but he's given us the spirit of love. There is a spirit of love that God has given to us. Wow. Hallelujah. But here's the thing. We have to be aware and con continually choose. We have to consciously choose to set the atmosphere of our lives. Because if we don't choose it, if we don't make a choice, then the world will, the television will, social media will, the enemy will, people around you will, culture will set it. We have to consciously choose to set the atmosphere of our lives. Listen to Psalm 1611. You will show me the path of life. Watch this. In your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand, pleasures forevermore. Second Corinthians says this. The Lord is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is freedom. 
But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. And where we want to launch from today, for just a few moments, and then we're going to move back into worship and have some special time of uh, personal prayer. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, I've, I've preached at it, out of, out of it so many times. But in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, the story of Jehoshaphat, so powerful. Beginning at verse 1, it says it happened that after this, after the people, after this, that, that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Now, there are some of you and many of you today in this house that have been facing battles on many levels. A lot of mental battles. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of spirits of, of, of wickedness in high places in our thought life. They came against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you. Whew. I have, how many of you ever felt that way? Like all of a sudden, just life starts happening and you feel like a great multitude has just come against you. From beyond the sea, saying, uh, from Syria and therein Hazron, Tamar, which is in Gedi. We've been there in Israel, beautiful place. Jehoshaphat feared and set himself, what's this? And Jehoshaphat feared, but here's the thing. Jehoshaphat in this instance makes a conscious effort to do something that is life-changing. Fear came against him, but here's how he is going to react to it. Jehoshaphat feared, but he set himself to seek the Lord. So, coach, I looked up that word seek. Get out my e-sword. Pull it up, and here's what it means. Because I knew God had something for us there that he wanted to show us. To seek is, there's the, uh, if you put that up, there's the, there's the Hebrew word. Uh, Properly to tread or frequent, usually to follow for pursuit or search, by implication to seek or ask, and listen to this, specifically to, and then in my, I, had to, I had to go back and examine in my own life the times when I heard a report that a great multitude was coming against me. What was my reaction? How did I react? And I had to look back and think, oh, whoa. Sometimes I have to look back and say, whoa, is me. I didn't respond to that like Jehoshaphat did. Because it is not always automatic. Sometimes it can be, I'm going to get my sword out like Peter did and I'm going to take their ear off. Instead of get this sword out. <laughs> what if our first reaction to every attack was to worship and see God? 
That seems far-fetched. That, that seems like, what? How, how can that? How can you defeat armies that are coming against you by seeking and worshiping God? To intentionally, what if, what if our reaction was to intentionally set the atmosphere of our lives with praise? Wow. And you know, I'm not going to take time to, to do this whole story because it's, it's awesome what happens with Jehoshaphat. You know the story, most of you here. If you've been in church very long at all, you're aware of it. But Jehoshaphat says, he, he, he calls a corporate gathering. And he gives instruction. And listen, in verse 12 of that same chapter, as he's looking at it, he's very honest and he's very truthful with God. Let's look at verse 12 and hear what he says. He says, for we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us. Chapter 20, verse 12. For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us. Listen to this. Nor do we know what to do. Now follow me on this. It's okay to be honest with God. But what you don't want to do is become a chronic complainer to where when you are even being honest with God, you're not really looking for deliverance. You're just looking for a reason to complain and stay where you are. There's a huge difference. He says, Lord, they're bigger than us. There's more of them than there are of us. We don't know what to do. And when you look in the natural, we really don't have what we need. Watch this, but then watch his conclusion. Nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. I want you to tell Come on, I've got to stir you just a little bit. Ask your neighbor, say, what are you looking at? <laughs> Ask him this, say, who are you looking at? <laughs> and all of Judah, with their little ones and their wives and their children, they stood before the Lord. He called them to a place to where they were standing before God with their eyes on Him. How many of you are facing anything in your life that you don't have the answers for totally? Boy, I do. During those times, we must let, watch this, let praise, not fear, Determine the atmosphere of our lives. Fear tries to grip you. It tries to overwhelm you. It tries to influence you. And it tries to get you to react to it instead of the Lord. But remember, God has not given us the spirit of fear. He's given us the spirit of love. The spirit of power and the spirit of a sound mind. 
That's what we get when we allow our praise and our worship to focus on Him. And it seems and it feels, it can feel so contrary to, to the flesh. But Jehoshaphat sends out a call, and I think it's awesome in this case that Judah leads. What does Judah mean? Praise. But you know, there's another, there's another place in the scripture, and we're going to refer back to this in just a moment. But in a minute, the worship team's going to come back. We're going to worship. I'm going to call you to worship. And I'm going to call you to begin to intentionally, more than ever between now and the end of the year, set the atmosphere of your life with praise and worship. Set the atmosphere in this house with praise and worship. Not coming. Let me get real practical. That means not coming in here, looking at your watch, thinking, I hope he gets us out by 1145 today. That'd be a miracle. I sure would like to go do this and I sure would like to go do that. But you rather come in. With an, and listen, it may not take, it may be shorter. But what I'm saying is come in with an intention to praise and worship God and have a divine encounter with Him. Let me ask you, say I love you, Brother Scotty. How do we think that we're going to walk in victory in our lives when we are hearing and being bombarded 24-7 with stuff out there and we won't even spend two hours a week in the presence of God. You know, I don't want to just go through the motions ever. I want to have an intentional encounter with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords like Paul and Silas did. And in Acts 16, listen to this, at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them, and suddenly there was a violent earthquake which shook the prison to its foundations. At once, all the doors opened, and the chains fell off all the prisoners. How many of you ready for some chains to fall off? Man, I am... I am so ready. Church, I am so ready for the chains to fall off. But here's the thing. Paul and Silas made an intentional decision to not allow the prison to be the atmosphere setter for their lives. What a depressing place that had to be. And from everything I've read and studied, Matt, and heard about, the prisons of those days were tough. But yet in the midst of that, they made an intentional decision to say, you know what? Where we are is not going to determine who we are. And where we are is not going to determine who our God is. And at midnight, they begin to sing praises to God. They begin to exalt Him. They set the atmosphere of their lives, not the prison. Because here's what we have to discover. That worship and praise changes atmospheres personally 
and corporately. God designed praise to be the environment that he dwells in. He inhabits our praise. And praise produces a release of divine hope. And praise lifts us into our God-ordained future. And it's not just a breakthrough for you, but this is why the corporate presence is important. It influences people around you as well. When we don't live in joy and peace, folks, let me tell you, we affect people around us as well. So, I want you to know this as we get ready to close this out and move back into worship again. Praise and worship connects the atmosphere of our lives on earth to the atmosphere in heaven. There are a lot of things in heaven that we, that, or there are a lot of things that we do down here on earth that we're not going to do up there anymore. But I got news for you. Praise and worship is not something we're going to stop. Revelation chapter 5. They sung a new song. Saying, now this is in heaven. They sung a new song saying, thou art worthy. We sang it this morning to take the book. How many of you, how many of you want to be connected and you want more of heaven in your life on this earth? Then let's do what they're doing there. They sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the book. And to open the seals thereof. For you were slain. And you have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. And has made us unto our God kings and priests and we shall reign on the earth. And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne and the beasts and the elders. And the number of them was ten thousand times ten thousand And thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, saying with a loud voice, saying with a louder voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, and blessing. And here's something I'd never seen in this passage before. Watch this. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them heard us saying. A day when even the fish and the animals... And everything of God's creation. Can you imagine the atmosphere when not only heaven but earth begins to say blessing and honor and glory and power and wisdom and strength be unto the Lamb who was slain from the foundation of the world. I can't, my mind can't even comprehend it. But yet that is what is ahead. Somebody say wow. Wow. 
Every creature which is in heaven, on the earth, under the earth, such as in the sea, and all that are in them, heard I sing blessing and honor and glory. Be unto him who sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever. All oh, the atmosphere of our lives. But you know, there's another important element of this and then we're going to come back into worship again. In the atmosphere where praise and worship is released and where expectation where we come in with a spirit of expectation and anticipation for the presence of God and what only things that only the presence of God can do, the prophetic is released. If you look back in Second Chronicles again, and uh, at verse 14, it says, and after they had gone through this, all the Judah and all their little ones, they stood before the Lord and they began to do what Jehoshaphat had told them to do. And in verse 14, it says, Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel. And if you go on and read down in verse 15, he begins to prophesy. And here's what he says, Thus saith the Lord to you, Do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. That's a word from God. That's a word from God that is birthed from an atmosphere of praise and worship in His presence. Do not fear for this great multitude. What's this? Tomorrow, go down against them. Verse 19, the Levites, the children of the Korthites, and the children of the Korites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. Verse 22, and when they begin to sing and praise, and when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against their enemy and they were defeated. Father, we thank you for a mighty move of your presence in our lives that drives back the powers of darkness and defeats the antagonism and the lies of the enemy. How great is our God. How awesome is our God. How glorious is our God. And while there may be things in our lives, Father, that are screaming at us today, we intentionally do what Jehoshaphat did. And we set our eyes on you. We expect, Father, as we have already encountered your presence a continuing move of your presence to meet every heart and every life in the place that they are today. And we look forward to now to what you want to do in the rest of this service. In Jesus' name, and everybody said. Amen. Here's what I want to do. One of the things, we're in a season right now where new ministries are being raised up and released in this house. And uh, I'm always mindful of that. And uh, a couple in this church that I've been knowing for about a year now, and have really ministered to me and my family and, and been such a blessing to us. And I've been able to see the fruit of the Spirit in their lives and the fruit of their ministry in their lives. Uh, I'm, I asked them this week, I said, I want you guys to come and pray over some people. And so what we're going to do is I'm going to ask in a few minutes, you've heard Christina Blackman sing over us. But uh, in a few minutes, I'm going to ask uh, Thomas and Christina to come. And if, here's what I want to do. I want us to gather at this altar and worship for those of us that feel like, and I just had such a deep sense in my heart this week of some people who felt like 
boy, they were weary. They were tired. They feel like they'd been fighting battle after battle after battle. And they need a breakthrough. Not only that, but just some people who need agreement with them. I felt like God had something he wanted to speak over your life today. How many of you believe that Jesus ministered not just to the crowds, but to individuals? And I believe he'd have something individually to say over each one of us today. I believe we're coming into a time and into a place and into a season where God is going to give us more and more and more very personal encounters and words that are from his throne for where we are in our lives. Can I get an amen? Man does not live, what's this? Man does not live by bread alone, but by that proceeds from Would you say with me this morning, speak, Lord. Lord. Come on, say it, church. Speak, Lord. Lord. We want to hear. And so here's what I want to invite us to do. Let's let's do what Jehoshaphat did. Let's enter into a time of praise and worship in just a few moments. Then I'm going to call Thomas and Christina up. And if you need personal, personal individual prayer for whatever it might be. I want you to come and, and be prayed over today. And uh, we're just going to kind of follow the voice of the Holy Spirit, see where he takes us in all of this. But church, I'm telling you, between now and the end of the year, I believe we're going to have divine encounters with a powerful God. Listen, there are great churches all over this town. There are great churches all over this city. There are great churches all around. But I'm going to tell you what. I'm not interested in just being another church that has a Sunday morning service and does our thing and do our what. I want an encounter with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and the God of glory that changes my life, that changes your life, that changes us into his image. Amen? And so I believe that God has a word for us today and for each of us that that if you need prayer, in a moment we're going to invite you up. But right now I want you to stand and if you feel led, I want you to join me at this altar. And our worship team is going to lead us. And in just a few moments, I'm going to invite Thomas and Christina up. And if you want individual prayer, I want you to come and be prayed over. But church, all I can do is deliver the word. All I can tell you is what I feel like God is stirring in my heart. This is life-changing, not because of me, but because of him. Listen, if you have drifted, if your relationship with God has drifted, if you can look back at a time in your life and remember when you knew what it was like to really feel like you were close to him, to where he was speaking in your life and moving and doing things, God is calling and drawing us today and saying, I am here. I am reaching out. I want to bring everything to your life that you need. My touch, my healing, my deliverance, my glory. An encounter with God that will change you spirit, soul, and body like never before. That's the God we serve. I I thank you, Father, that every addiction is broken in people's lives today. 
addictions that are, that are uh, hindering. Father, you love us regardless, but thank you that you are freeing us. Thank you, Jesus. God, you're going to speak by your spirit. Don't stay back, church. I'm inviting you to come and encounter the presence of God as our worship team leads us. And then in just a moment, I'll invite Thomas and Christina to come. Thanks again for listening to Life Church of Mobile's podcast. If you would like to find out more about our church, you can visit us at lifechurchmobile.com.